Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. Doing this one on site in sunny and warm Kentucky. Actually recording down here on Saturday the 2nd, which is the archery opener. So this is in the morning. We'll be out in the tree stand later today and uh, hopefully having a big giant deer coming in. Joined by uh, George Cummins and Jack Borcherding. We're going to talk about Buck Bourbon, all new products. Jack, did I get the name? Did I get the last name right? You nailed it. I nailed it. So you I'm know, sitting here reading it off my phone. And I actually did bor chur ding is how I... That is 100% how it is pronounced. That's You did great, Mark. I'm so proud of I you. I know. I'm a seasoned season pro. But we're going we're gonna to talk about Buck Bourbon and the exciting new products that they got, what Jack and George have planned for filming this year and in the field and hunting and so forth. So how are you guys doing today? Good. Good. How about yourself? Not too bad. George, this is obviously uh, one of the high-pressure days, right? First day, yeah. First day of the season here. Getting, Absolutely. Getting ready. Absolutely. Um, but I know uh, what I've seen on cameras, it looks like it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a real good year. I mean, we've this is, I believe, our 15th year. Could even be our 16th year. I don't know. Math is hard for me. I know, yeah, especially know, when you get up hard, into the so, teens. So, But, no, nah, it's 15 or 16 years rolling into this, and it just seems like each year gets better. I don't know how, but it does. It always gets better. Mm-hmm. So. It explained, like, just before we dig into the Buck Bourbon products and so forth, but, like, that early – archery opener here it's so different than everywhere else right because it's Absolutely. early september there's yeah. only what four or five states that open up maybe six now yeah that open up this early it's warm the deer are really only moving the last couple minutes like what are you looking for in the in the correct weather to really be able to to target deer this time of year honestly just a normal weather pattern uh-huh. you know, no changes yeah. and it's not like october hunting you know the, mm-hmm. the deer they have their summer coat so they're used to the 95 degree heat the humidity just they're used to that it's actually days that we have a cold front come through in september actually causes us to kill less deer i know Mm -hmm. that's totally backwards from what you know everybody thinks yeah this time of year they're just used to it so i don't want to change in the weather pattern you know Mm -hmm. so 95 degrees (laughs) we'll kill them 105 degrees it doesn't matter as long as we have the southwest winds because that is our 
our typical early season mm-hmm. wind. And that's the only thing that could really screw up our hunts this year is if the wind changes. And mm-hmm. thank God, knock on this wooden table, you know, it looks like it's going to be south, southwest the whole whole week. Yeah. Uh, so we should have a lot of deer shot. Yeah, and I think last year on opening, it was when a hurricane came through down south and it yeah. had a little bit of blow up here, which yeah. caused the winds to get all crazy and so forth. Still exactly. did good on opening weekend, but still yeah. just that, I mean, that we had, change. We had thunderstorms every day, swirling winds, you know, and, and we have these deer pattern. The only thing that could screw them up is a swirling wind. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we had that a couple of days, but we still managed to scratch out. I think we killed 16, 17 bucks. Yeah, all good deer, yeah. too. <laughs> all, yeah, all good, good yeah. deer. All, so it's, all, it's still... all over 140 for the most part. So. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. We had the, we actually killed a one eighty three opening day, or is it the second day? Was that Joe? Joe. Joe's. Yeah. That was opening day. We waited one day and went back to the same stand and killed a one ninety four, wow. one ninety five out of that same. Day out of the same stand on fifty acres. You know, and wow. that's another misconception. Everybody thinks so. You got to have a five hundred acre farm to mm-hmm. manage big deer, and it's not true. I mean, you got fifty acres in the right place, you'll kill as many big deer as you will on five hundred. What I, what's so different hunting for me in Kentucky coming from Michigan is just how the land lays, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, there's so many, I don't know what you, hollers here is what you guys call hollers, them. I call them yeah. gullies or hills, but hollers down here that it make it seem like 50 is bigger than 50, but yep. it's a lot easier to have places that people just don't, you know, nobody goes down there to yep. hunt and holler, right? So it's yep. a safe zone for deer. Yep. So those old bucks, that's how they get old, right? They got to have a safe Absolutely. zone. Absolutely. And, you know, the you can screw up by trying to get into those hollers and hunting them because the wind's just going to swirl. Your thermals yep. are going to settle. You know, unless you're rifle hunting, you, you don't need to go down into those hollers. And that's why we don't hunt in the mornings. You know, mm-hmm. something else I wanted, when he started talking about this is, you know, opening day and, and we didn't hunt this morning. Yep. You know, there, there's a reason why we don't hunt in those mornings because it's counterproductive when you're hunting deer on a, a, a feeding pattern. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people. It's opening day. Look, everybody wants to get in the stand. Yep. First thing, you know, it, it's opening day. I got to be there opening morning. But this is not gun season. This is bow season. So we're hunting the deer on a, a feeding pattern. We've been watching them all summer. They're doing pretty much the same thing every day. If mm-hmm. you go in in the morning, you risk bumping them off that pattern. Mm-hmm. If you bump them off that pattern, you're not going to kill them that night. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're running, I mean, seriously, for 15 or 16 years, we've been running, I'm going to say, 70% or higher kill rate this week by mm-hmm. only hunting afternoons. Yeah. And you're not going to do that if you hunt mornings. No. That success rate's going to go down because you're bumping them off that pattern. You just can't see them in the dark. Yeah. You know, and you may have pictures and you're like, well, they're not on the, the, the feed pile or the, or the food plot or whatever you're hunting over. They're not over that when I'm getting ready to walk into my stand, but they may be 100 yards away. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see you in the dark, and they're yep. going to run, and you're not going to know it. And then yep, there you go. Over. You can't kill so I actually, so when I started hunting down here early <clears> season, <throat> I transitioned. And actually, when I hunt in Michigan, I don't hunt mornings now unless it's there's like that seven day window when yeah. pre rut, right? When everything yep. gets crazy and that exactly. year could have came from. But I used to always hunt in Michigan in the morning, just in my schedule, and you always like yeah. to see that. And now I stopped, and my success rate has gone up, right? So yeah. it's that mindset of. Are you going to go and hunt in the tree stand or are you going to go and kill? Exactly. Like cut down the number of days you're going to the tree stand, pattern the deer, get it. And when you go in there, you're going to go and kill that deer, right? You're not just like, I've changed my mindset of, I need to be in the tree for 20 days a year, right? To get the opportunity. No, just do all the scouting and everything pre and don't go in there and mess up that stand. When I go and sit in that stand, I'm going to go and kill that deer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We don't hunt them, we kill them. That's what I tell you about Salt River Outfitters. We don't. We don't hunt them, we kill them. Yeah. So, and that's, there's a lot of truth to that. And these trail cameras, you know, it, it's, 
it's made our job a lot easier because yeah. we know where where the big deer are. We know where to put the hunters, and as long as we have those wins, like yep. we talked about, yep. you know, yep. it's it's going to be a slam dunk. Yeah. Do you think there's any effect on how they've changed the baiting rules and feeding restrictions I, this year? You think absolutely. Any effect? Absolutely. So, as an outfitter, obviously we have to follow the rules, you know, mm-hmm. because everybody's watching us. And unfortunately, there's a lot of locals that don't have to follow the rules, and they, they're still going to keep feeding like they always have. I mean, I went to Tractor Supply in, I think it was the 1st of July, and we're not allowed to start baiting this year until the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. But the 1st of July, they were completely out of deer corn. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ooh, are okay. people stocking up for Listen, the first time? Maybe people are feeding chickens. What kind <laughs> yeah, of chickens yeah. you guys got around so, here? So, I mean, it, what, what that's going to allow is our neighbors are going to be able to, to, you know, they're still going to feed. Yeah. And, and it's going to pull some of those deer that we would normally have. So it's just it it really hurts the people that follow the rules is all that does mm-hmm. you know it right. doesn't hurt doesn't hurt the people that don't follow the rules hmm. so. but yeah it's still shaping up to be a oh yeah oh, yeah I was gonna say we've got tons of deer I mean it's I just I just don't like the fact that they they cost they get us two ahead, months they of get ahead they get a head start yeah yeah well not only that but I mean you're also affecting the health of the herd you know right. it's Kentucky so yes you know you can argue that there's enough forage enough you know food for the deer naturally just you know in the wild but at the same time you know we we go above and beyond making sure they have everything they need in the minerals in the protein uh, and you know we've touched a little bit on the cinnamon garlic stuff in the past yeah. like mm-hmm. that stuff really helps the deer and they need that in june and july you know those some of those hottest months yeah, they right. need that to help with the flies cut the yeah. bugs down and there the are, stress and stuff you yeah. know the bugs down here are real anybody that hasn't hunted <laughs> kentucky yeah. before the yeah. bugs i mean they're a real thing down here that's yeah and there are a few ticks as well a oh few, a few ticks so it took me a couple of years to realize why everybody mows every piece of grass that they have next to their house <laughs> i mean everything that's just to keep the ticks down mm-hmm. yeah, that's great Jeez. so all right buck bourbon let's talk let's talk new products first george what are george and jack what are what are list some new products that are coming out this year uh this year we're, we're coming out with our seed mixes you know we've got three different seed mixes we have a clover mix we have a clover chicory mix and then we have a brassica mix uh, I'm pretty excited about this because last year I was actually testing our brassica mixes, and that's when I, I killed my deer here in Kentucky over the brassica mix last year. And I mean, it, it's a it's a blend that grows anywhere. Okay, you know, it's we don't call it a throw and grow, but you really could throw it anywhere and it's going to grow as, uh-huh. long, as long as it makes contact with the soil and it's gonna it's gonna produce enough tonnage of food for these deer to get all through all winter. You know, okay, you don't right. you don't have to put out ten acres of it if mm-hmm. you've only got an acre and Let's face it, most deer hunters, you know, they don't have the equipment or they don't have the acres yeah, to go yeah. out and put eight or ten acre food plots. Yeah. They're doing an acre mm-hmm. max. So that's why we're trying to produce products that are going to put enough tonnage out there for the average hunter <clears throat> to have food for his deer all winter. Even the clovers, you know, the, the, I can take you now and show you some of the food plots we've done. And, and maybe it's an acre, but the clover is so thick and lush that the deer just... They, they can't graze it down enough. They yeah. can't graze it fast enough. You know? uh-huh. So that's that's what we're trying to do on our, our food plot mixes. And obviously, staying with the bourbon theme, you know, I, I'm excited for people to see our packaging for our yeah. seed mixes. Yeah. Uh, anybody that drinks bourbon, they know that most top shelf bourbons come in a cardboard or a metal tube. You uh-huh. know? And so what we've done is we went and, and designed these cardboard tubes to put our seed in. And, and that's a good marketing tactic, but also it's really good for our partners, you know, our retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they like about it is it takes up half the space on a shelf as a bag of seed wood that contains the same amount of seed because yeah. it's, it's more oh, skinnier yeah. and taller. Yeah. So 
they're able to put twice the amount of dollars on the same amount of shelf space. So they love that, uh-huh. you know, because that shelf space is king when you're dealing with retailers. Yep. You know, that's valuable, valuable shelf space. So we can go in and say, look, we're going to be able to put twice the amount of money on the same amount of you know space. So they like that. But our cardboard tubes are also biodegradable. You know, there, there's a problem. We actually attended a tractor supply show this past week, and they, they had a meeting, an hour-long meeting on sustainability. And it was about stuff like that, like packaging, you yep. know, just and lots of other things. But that was one of the things they touched on. So, you know, everybody else uses plastic containers. They use plastic bags. And, I mean, you drive down the road and that's you all see, you see. You that's see all a you plastic see. bag yeah. on the side of the road, stuff like that. So these cardboard tubes are biodegradable. So we're actually, you know, we're, an, we're, we're answering the call for sustainability. And we're answering the call to help the retailer put more money on the shelf. Yeah. No, it's perfect. And I also onto that is like the way that it pours is just so much easier. When you take a lid off of it, you can yeah. pour it into your feeder, you can pour it into Every your plant or whatever. It is so much easier because I like you guys, like me, like when I did food plots, uh-huh. cutting the bag open and oh, yeah. pouring it out, you're having to funnel it yeah, down yeah, in yeah. there because you, and you lose seed yeah. or whatever it is. So the, the, just the packaging itself is going to help the hunter, That's awesome. help the person who's going to build those food plots. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. It'll be interesting now that those are out to hear the stories after yeah. they're out for a year and two, just to hear how they're, how they're doing mm-hmm. from hunters and using them. Um, on a side subject before we move on to the next one of Buck Bourbon, like I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as you're talking about food plots, right? So in Michigan, we have different size food plots. I mean, some you've got that are a 10 acre food plot, mm-hmm. but then we have what I call a kill plot, right? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. got a, a small, just half acre that you can you're hunting right in the middle of it, right? Like you're right where, right where you want to go. Like yep. what, what kind of mix and how do you guys hunt food plots different? If it, if we do a kill plot, it's almost always going to be a brassica blend. Okay. Just because you can do, like I said, you can do a half acre, you can do a three quarter acre and you know, you can do these long skinny strips so that if the deer, the deer are going to walk down the middle of the food plot. So if you make a 10 acre food plot, the deer is going to be on that five acre section in the middle, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So you want to do a long skinny food plot that could be a half acre to an acre, but you want to be able to shoot from one end across the food plot with your bow. Yep. And if you do a, a food plot that small, you really need something that produces a lot of tonnage and that's typically going to be a brassica mix. Okay. And, you know, it's, and honestly, it's one of the cheapest mixes, the easiest mix to grow. I mean, it's, it's yeah. for lack of a better term, it's idiot proof. That's, 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 if that's, I can grow it, if I can grow it, look, yeah. anybody's going to be able to grow it. And you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on fertilizer, uh-huh. you know, and you don't have to have a hundred horsepower John Deere to put it in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you yeah. spray it and kill it. And, and if you can disc it up in any way, shape or form, even with a four wheeler, that's going to help. Okay. But if, if you just spray and kill it and then broadcast it right before rain, I mean, it's going to grow. So problem. anybody anybody can do it. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about, you know, the, that mix, that brassica mix is, you know, when you plant it, you know, whether that is in September or all the way back, you know, early August or July, it provides something for them at all these different all the, stages, yes, right? You've got a browse at the early season yeah. with the leafy greens coming up. And then as it transitions over into colder months, right, uh-huh. the, the turnips, the, the radishes, radishes, they yeah. start to you know, get more sugar yeah, in, right? Yeah, yeah. And then that's what the deer need is the protein, the sugar yeah. at that time. And that's what they crave then. Gotcha. Yep. And so then they're eating the bulbs, yeah. you know? So it's it's the perfect... Mix all the way through. Yes. And some, it's it's the one that you can use that, that mm-hmm. just covers everything. Yep. yep. And, and like you said, you know, you don't need a big tractor yeah. to do it. Like I, I can remember growing up, that was yeah. all I I did. But all I had was a rake uh-huh. and like a, a little push mower. And I would go out into the middle yeah. of... 
the woods where yeah. I could get some light somewhere, and I was just tilling up that little amount of ground, mm-hmm. you know, however I could. The poor man food plot, yeah. yep. you could say. Yeah. But it worked, right? It worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I killed lots of does on them and lots of little bucks and stuff <laughs> growing up. That's and, Jack. Hey, let's, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Uh, so what else? All right. So we got the seeds at Buck Burger. Yep. What else we got? Uh, one of the, probably the most exciting thing that we've got coming out for me is our knives. You know, we've been working on our knives and we've got, um, so we've got two replaceable blade knives. We have a folding replaceable blade knife and then we have a fixed blade replaceable blade knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've added our, like all of our products, you know, we're hunters producing products for hunters. So we're yeah. going to put things that we have found in the past that were wrong with other brands, other knives, other blind, whatever it is we're making, we're going to try to tweak those and make them better in our own little way. Uh, So what we've done on the replaceable blade knives is we've got a safer mechanism for replacing, you know, taking the blade off and putting the blade on. A little push button on the back of the blade. So it's it's a lot easier if you've got blood on your hands if you're field dressing a deer well, other, or you like, know whatever the so, other ones i always got to bring out my leatherman right and then yeah. you don't have a leatherman and that's yeah. what that's when you start doing the oh, i'm getting the rock and you're pushing <laughs> it from the side yeah and the blades flinging past your finger going exactly. this is not a good idea yep or the broken blades and then oh, yes. you can't find that blade in the gut pile or what hey. you're pulling out yeah. or yeah so our our replaceable blades obviously we went with a jack kind of touched on it there we've got the strongest blade I think out there, mm-hmm. as far as any of the replacement, it's the blades. thickest it's on the, the market. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's so point. you don't have to you don't have to worry about that blade snapping. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to mention any names of competitors, yeah. but I've used knives in the past, just like you said. Oh, they snap like they'll crazy. snap in half. They'll fling out of that little little uh, clip they're in, mm-hmm. and it's just super dangerous. So we we try to first thing we want to do is make it safer, which we've done. Yep. The next thing is function. So we wanted the blade to to work better for the the average guy out there field dressing this deer. So we actually have a beveled end on the blade. Uh-huh. And if you do not have a gut hook, you can turn that around, put your finger underneath the blade, and use it like a zipper and just go right up the you know the stomach yeah, yep. of the deer. So that's why we went with that beveled edge. I don't think – I have not seen another competitor on the, the shelf that has that type of blade. I, they may exist. I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But that's – we went with that, and then we went with a black blade instead of the, the shiny stainless blade because, hey, let's face it, it looks a little sexier. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I like the way the knife looks with the black blade. So we went with that. We have we have a, a texturized handle, rubber handle, so you don't have to worry about it slipping if mm-hmm. you've got blood or if mm-hmm. it's raining or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and we've got the folding version of that because, right. honestly, we were wanting to market that towards farmers. You know, a lot of farmers, yeah. they want pocket knives. Or just normal people want a pocket knife, but they don't have the time. And sometimes they just don't have the know-how of how to keep a good, sharp edge on a knife. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of a pain in the butt to keep a, yeah. a knife sharp, right? Because you're mm-hmm. always using it, and you're like, you never have the stuff with you. Yeah. And you're like, that knife's dull, right? Yeah. But am I going to remember it six hours later when I'm back at my house? No. no. Absolutely not. So I actually brought – I have the folding knife with me on this trip. Yeah. I just like – I don't know why I like a folding knife better. Folds up easier, easier to tuck in. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. that's the one I brought here. But what's, what's cool about them, too, is because the – because the blade is like the thickest blade on the market, you can sharpen the blade if you want to. Mm-hmm. I have I have taken them down, and I mean, I can shave my arm uh-huh. with them if I've actually, mm-hmm. you know, sharpened it right. So that just goes to the longevity of it. But each each knife comes with five five, five blades. Five blades. So I mean, yeah, person who doesn't yeah. have the time to do that. But mm-hmm. if you do want to sharpen it and get even more out of those blades, you definitely can. It's yeah. it's there for sure. So. And, and each and, one comes with a sheath. And um, a plastic dispenser, which yep. is something that I can't believe other knife manufacturers yeah. have not done with these replaceable blades. Because when you, 
you know, all the other manufacturers, you do get an extra three blades or five yeah. blades or whatever with them when you buy them, but they're in a little like mylar type sheath that if you hit it just right, that razor blade is going to poke right through, you know, stab right. you in the leg or mm-hmm. cut your finger while you're trying to get the blade out. Mm-hmm. So we've put a hard plastic applicator that the blades stay in, which is, yep. it's super simple and it's 10 times safer than, you know, what most manufacturers are doing. So that, that once again, safety was the main thing with these knives because yeah. they are sharp. Yeah. They are. I mean, they're surgical blades is what they are. So they're very sharp. So we wanted to make sure and make them safe. So, that was something that was a no-brainer for us to do is that plastic applicator. Yep. So. And then there's – so you got the folding knife, hunting knife, and then you got the field kit too, the right? The field kit yeah. is another really cool yeah. one. I mean, yeah. it's it's everything that you need for when the work begins, uh-huh. right? I mean, and then into having your truck, having your UTV, just in your pack, et cetera. I mean, George thought about almost just about everything that he needed when mm-hmm. he was with clients, you yeah. know? what? Yeah. It's like, man, I wish I had this. wish I had that. Oh, yeah. Let's put them in here. Yeah. So, and, and when we started designing that kit, like like Jack said, we wanted everything that you would need. If either if you're by yourself or not, it doesn't matter. But I kind of designed the kit for somebody that does hunt by themselves all the time. It's got everything they need in one little bitty kit. You know, there mm-hmm. there are other companies that make a kit like this, but it usually comes in a big plastic, almost like a briefcase. Yeah. Well, you're not going to pack that in the woods. No, with you. That's going to stay yeah, in your yeah. truck, and then. You're going to shoot your deer. You're going to find it, and you're a half a mile, a mile away from the truck. Never going to have it you're with never you. You're never going to have it with you. So the first thing I wanted to do when we designed this kit was make sure it was in a small enough. It's just like a little nylon sheath, not much bigger than what a pocket knife would fit in, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, maybe. So, so you can fold all of our knives up, put it in this nylon sheath, and you can wear it on your belt, or you can throw it in your backpack, and, and it's not going to take up any space. Mm-hmm. So this kit, it has a boning blade, it has a caping blade, it has a what I call a man-sized gut hook. And <laughs> what I mean by that is we've made this gut hook big enough to where if you are skinning a deer in December uh-huh. you know, and they've got a lot of fat, they've got a lot, a lot of hair, that gut hook is still going to reach through everything. Yep. And it's also big enough to where you can sharpen it with a chainsaw file because that was one of my complaints about gut hooks in the yep. past is First off, they're very narrow opening. Yeah. So if that deer is, you know, if it is December, you're not going to be able to use oh, it. Oh, and it slips off. And then you use it four times, five times, it's dull as hell, and mm. you can't use it anymore. So yep. you have to go buy another gut hook. So yep. we wanted to make sure you could sharpen this one. Um, and then it comes with a flashlight, a little bitty pin light that's very, very bright, actually. But we've designed that. It's just a normal pin light with a clip on it. And the reason why we put the clip on it is if you are by yourself, you can use a flashlight to track with, but then when you find the animal and it's dark, it you know, the hardest thing in the world is to hold the light while you're going oh. here by yourself. So yeah. we've got this clip. You can turn the clip around, put it on the bill of your hat, and you can actually somewhat use that to, you know, have the light and you still have two free hands. Yep. So we've done that and we've put two pairs of gloves in it. Mm-hmm. We've got two pairs of shoulder length gloves and two pairs of normal just wrist length gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got that with you at all times. Um and then we, another thing we did, because I'm horrible, I've lost like almost every knife I've ever owned in the woods laying it down in the mm-hmm. dark, is we put reflective tabs on all the sheaths. So yeah. if you do lay the sheath down, you can't find it in the dark, you've got your flashlight, you hit it, it's going to glow, bam, there it is. And it's, mm-hmm. it's super simple. You know, I don't know why everybody else haven't, hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. It was right. genius when you said that, because I don't know how many times you do the look around, right? Yeah. Like, where is it at? Is it under <laughs> yeah. the leaf? Am I sitting yeah. on it? What did I, I throw the gut pile yeah. on it? Or, <laughs> or you waited till tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, and what? you're like, wait yeah. a second here. Yeah. I think I forgot that. And you yeah. have to go back. and uh, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So. And you know they're good. The the handle construction is just easy to use. Um, feels good. It's you know like a, a soft texture, touch yeah, poly. Yeah, it's it, it's just a great kit. And I mean, the price too is yeah. is right. I mean it's it's perfect. It's so, perfect for hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hopefully using my for the first time tonight. I hope oh, so. Yeah. If, I that, hope so. if everything let's, let's works hope. out, let's hope. Fingers if you don't crossed. screw it up, it should happen. <laughs> no pressure. Listen. <laughs> I get. I, I am fortunate to hunt all over the world in species most people can't pronounce, countries that most people have never heard of. Right? Punjab, I don't know what Punjab I don't, I don't never know, forget that. I don't know. I, it's Punjab urine. That's correct in Pakistan. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, like I don't. I don't get buck fever or like worked up pre-shot like in a lot of things. But there's something about a whitetail, right? Like it doesn't matter if I'm rifle hunting. It doesn't matter if I'm archery hunting. It doesn't matter if I'm stand hunting, spot and stock. There's something that just gets the heart rate going like crazy on mm-hmm. that one for me. So like I'm, re- I'm reminded every time I'm in an archery stand and an old big white tail comes through, I'm like, what is going, what is yeah. that? Why is my <laughs> hand shaking like crazy? What is yeah. going on? Well, it's in your blood. I mean, if you're a white tail hunter, like most of us were born, I mean, it's just, it's always going to be your passion, yeah. you know? And that's, that's me. When I travel, I travel to, to go, go kill another white tail. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, well, how many white tail can you kill? I'm like, all, until all I die, of all of them. You know, oh, I want to kill them all until I can't kill anything anymore. Yeah, and yeah. and I'll, I'll travel, and hopefully until the day I die, because that's just in my blood. That's my passion. And you're right. You know, you can go hunt other animals, and it's fun, but you just I don't it I don't, you don't know how to explain it. Yeah, uh, it, there is something, something about, about a white tail. White tail. So it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I all agree. Right. So what else we got? So you know, the conveniency of of feeding deer is always, you know, a struggle for a lot of people, right? They don't have enough time to, to manage their herd like they want, you know, but they still want to provide something for their deer herd. And then, you know, they want to be able to have something out there to be able to see what's on the deer. So blocks, you know, are a important thing for the everyday hunter. And so, well, we've got two, two new blocks and, you know, they came from two products that are proven. We've known, uh, that work. And, you know, we've got the 110 proof attractant block that is basically a 25 pound bag of buck bourbon compressed yep. and bonded into block form. Uh-huh. And then same with our cinnamon garlic that into a 25 pound block into block form. And they're, they're killing it. They're, they're killing it. And we actually have three blocks, the apple butterscotch. Apple so butterscotch. It, it, it's You're the right. barrel proof, but it's the, the tractor supply exclusive, uh, flavoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those three blocks, like Jack said, you know, the, we've actually had some people complain. They're like, Hey, we put your product out and it disappears too quick. I'm oh, like, that, I mean, that's, that's, I'm like, that's a problem. I'm like, yeah. you know, you're, you're wanting the deer to eat it. So they're eating it a little yeah. too quick. If you could <laughs> so, slow them down. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, we've made these blocks and you put the block out. And I mean, depending on the amount of rain and the amount of deer you've got, it could last two weeks. It could last a month, Yep. but that is always there. So like Jack said, you know, a lot of people, they may not have time to go do this every week, every three or four days that yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, or they may not want to, you know, if they're hunting someplace that's really, really far back in the woods and they don't want to go in and put, you know, pressure on the deer, yeah. you go in once, throw this block out, put your camera on it, and you don't have to come back for another month, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to get your intel on what your herd looks like, and you're not going to have to go in there every week. Which, yeah. So, you know, there's some people that that really don't want to pressure the deer, so that's why they use blocks. Yep, and yep. With us, I mean, we, you know, here in Kentucky, there's most of our farms we're hunting are 100 acre farms, 150 yeah, acre yeah, farms. Yeah. So the deer actually are used to people being in the field all the time. So yeah. we don't worry about it much. But I know, you know, there's a lot of people that hunt great, great big tracts of land that go way back, maybe into the mountains, or they go 
way back into the swamp, you know, and you get back there, the deer don't ever see people. Deer never see people, yeah. So they're not going to handle that pressure very well. Mm -hmm. So you go in once, throw that block, and then come back a month later, and you're like, hey, you know, I had all these deer back here. So Mm -hmm. you're not bumping them out once every week. Yeah. I think that's very true. I just touch on that real quick because my house, right, like, I have a ton of success on my driveway. Those deer see me or cars on our driveway, what, 10, 12 times a day, and they don't, they, like, they don't run. Everybody's like, how do you do that on your driveway? I'm like, well, we're just in the perfect spot, right? Like we're surrounded by egg. We're where all the does live this time of year. There's a ton of food because we did, um, we went through and cut a whole bunch of disease trees would have been five years ago now. So all that regrowth is there. It's just super loaded. It's got everything the deer want. We got, obviously we got some buckworm food plots in the middle of it. That's where I talk about. We've got at my house, I've got three food plots. I've got one kill plot, one larger one, and then one that I literally I've never hunted, right? I just mm-hmm. leave it just for deer to eat and stay in the center. I've never hunted that food plot at all. Um, but I think there's a lot of truth to that to when all of a sudden then you hunt a timber part mm-hmm. to where those deer that live there mm-hmm. don't see people except for when they come in there to, to hunt and turkeys in the spring or walk a dog or something like that there's a complete difference of yeah. what that doe or that buck sees of human activity and if i'm going to run or if i'm not mm-hmm. so in michigan we've got two pieces that i hunt right at my house and then we've got one about 30 minutes away 30 minutes away if that deer sees you in the truck when you're stopping to get the gate to go in he's gone right he's another county at my house they actually come closer they're like i wonder who it is today coming in the driveway <laughs> Yep. But same thing here in Kentucky, right? Like yeah, if you're yeah. if you're hunting a, a cornfield or a cow pasture, especially yeah. cow pastures, because they're used to seeing cows and people every day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. those deer are just a little bit more patternable, a little bit easier. Yep, for sure. But oh. those blocks, I've yeah, I mean they, they'll work just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I've yeah. seen them. You know, out where I'm at in western Nebraska, like I put a block out, and then we had like a huge snowstorm, like a foot of snow. And this was what in July. <laughs> well, <laughs> No, that it was like March, I think. Yeah. So yeah, spring, and the deer and does just came right back to it after the snow, uh-huh. and like knew it was there, and dug down to the block to get and to it. just started munching on it. I yeah. mean, they're just it's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, elk are eating on bear. I mean, every, yeah. Every, the only thing that I have mm-hmm. not heard anybody confirm is eating this antelope. I don't know. Yeah, you know. So I, I don't know if they're going to eat it, but I know mule deer, elk. Like mm-hmm. I said, bear. I mean, we've got pictures and video of people seeing yep. this monster, monster elk. That one oh. was huge. That guy sent us on Facebook. Did yeah, you? we won't give away it, his actual yeah, location, yeah. but it, this, it was the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, and like, it, it was a giant elk. And, and then he had a bear. I mean, that bear had to have been five or 600 pounds. It, it was a too, huge so bear. All in one spot, you know. And he, oh, he had awesome. white tail Deer, bear, bear yeah. elk, all in it, it. He sent me the picture. He sent us the pictures, and it was like, they were like within days apart. Like, so it was like there was an elk, spot, yeah. the next yeah. one there was a bear, and yeah. then there's whitetail. And yeah. then, there, you know, it's crazy. Wow. It's yep. cool. Cool to see. And I, I think that's what's cool about what we're doing at Buck Bourbon is we're providing all these products for, for the hunter, solutions for them to do this. And it's it's good products. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're using them here and what, we've got 30 hunters at mm-hmm. Salt River yep. this, this mm-hmm. weekend. They're all going to use it. They're mm-hmm. all going to see it mm-hmm. work. Like, yep. And they've done, and it's year after year after year, right? It's not yes. one thing. It's been proven time and time and time again. And people mm-hmm. that use it in the field are like, wow, there's a night and day difference, right? Like my yeah. success goes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, in you know, if somebody is out there like listening to the podcast and they know it works, like tell your friend, yeah. like, you know, t- like this is the stuff you need to be using. If yeah. you're not using it, you better hope your neighbor's not. Yep, yeah. exactly. Or, you, you know, well, like. It, 
it's pretty cool. So I'm starting to see like the shirts, right? Like you're wearing yeah. a Buck Bourbon shirt here. Like I was at our local fair and there's, I don't know, 2000 people that come, right? Like it's yeah. small county fair. And I look and there's a dude wearing a Buck Bourbon shirt there. And you're like, okay, okay. the brand's getting out. People yeah. know. And it, I think it's one of those things like you gotta love deer hunters, right? They, they find mm-hmm. something that works. Everybody's like, what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> not. Nothing. Nothing going on over here. Nothing to see on my side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it takes it like it, it, it took a while, right? Because everybody would try it and they're like, wow, this really works. I am not telling anybody about this. I'm the one in my area that does it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get more people and it, it like it took a couple years, right? Now everybody's like, this stuff really works. Like this is yeah. this is the difference between going out and being successful and not. Like it's one of one of those things. Everyone knows that Matthews is a leader in archery innovations, and I'm proud to be part of their team. Little did they know that I've been part of their team ever since I started pulling a bow back when I was 12. I personally shoot their new Matthews Phase 4 and absolutely love it. So go visit MatthewsInc.com and build your next bow of a lifetime. When I pick up my bow for a hunt, no matter where I'm going, my quiver's always full of Easton arrows. Currently, I'm shooting their Sonic 6mm arrows with a 125 grain sever 2.0 titanium broadhead. Find Easton Arrows at a dealer near you or learn more at EastonArchery.com. Doesn't matter if you're going after a big game animal like a moose, bison, or even a whitetail, Sever Broadheads has just the right broadhead that you need for your next hunt. They are the best expandable broadheads I've ever used. Give them a try. Right now, use promo code MP5 online at SeverBroadheads.com for an additional 5% off an already discounted product for the best possible deal. Again, that's MP5 at SeverBroadheads.com. Just yesterday, I had a phone call from a guy, and it's actually the contractor that's remodeling the lodge. Here. Okay. He's a very, very good hunter, hunts all over the world, and, and he hunts stuff other than just whitetail, but he's a he's a skeptical hunter. He, you know, he was a hunter that mm-hmm. he doesn't buy into... Well, this uh, peanut bucker, yeah, sucker whatever, thing, whatever they you know, come, they, with, they come yeah, out yeah. with back in the eighties, like yeah. he, he's just not the guy that's going to go buy that. And uh-huh. be like I'm going to try it, so mm-hmm. he was very skeptical, and he sent me a picture of a deer. He was he had uh, some mineral out back in, I think it was June or July or something like that, and he had this big deer come to it like three times. Yep, and you know he's still growing, but he had his frame. You could tell this is going to be a monster. Uh-huh. Right? This is a big deer, uh-huh. and it just. About a week ago, he called me. He said, "Man, he said I haven't seen that deer." And he said, "Deer season's very open." He said, "I don't know what to do." He said, "And and, and it was funny because he called me and he said, hey, um, that buck bourbon is that really that good?'" And I'm like, "Come on, man! Am I go- first off? If if it wasn't, what I tell you, it wasn't because yeah, I own yeah. the company. Yeah, but, yeah. but I kind of chuckled. I, I got a kick out of it because he is very skeptical. And he's like, "Well, I, I'm willing to try anything now." And that's him willing that, to do anything. <laughs> yeah, so he went from being a guy that was very skeptical, didn't want to try anything, to now I'm desperate. I haven't seen my deer since June or July, yeah. whatever it was. And he's the biggest deer I've got, and, and I got to find him. And, you mm-hmm. know, he, he was moving, he was just feeding straight corns, what he was feeding. And he yep. was feeding it everywhere, trying to find the deer, and he couldn't find it. I said, Man, I said, take our 110 proof. I said, Put that on top of your corn and just try it. Yep. I said, What have you got to lose? And he's like, you know, you're right. He said, I haven't seen the deer in months. He said, so I have nothing to lose. Uh-huh. God's honest truth. You'll probably see him while you're here. Okay. You need to ask him about this. He called me yesterday. He said, I just got to call and tell you something. And, and I knew what he was. As soon as he yeah. called me, mm-hmm. because he doesn't call me that often, I looked at it. I said, I bet I know why he's calling. He said, you're not going to believe what happened last night. I said, he come back, didn't he? I mean, I didn't even wait for him to say it. He said, absolutely. He said, I, he said, I don't know if it was just coincidence. I was like, come on. 
Yeah. Like, it was the night you put it out. Well, you know? <laughs> coincidence. Yeah. We have so many people that, yes. that tell us these stories. Yeah. It's not coincidence. I mean, there's guys that are like, you know, I haven't seen this deer since last year. I don't know if he was on our farm anymore. And I put yeah. this out in like the next day. And he's you there. know, two hours, yeah. three hours, mm-hmm. four hours. Like, it it varies by location where. Yeah. But like, man, every single person is like, I've never seen so many bucks over this. Like, well, I've never it, seen. That, that's exactly, that's what he touched on more than even the big deer coming back. He said, look, he said, four hours after I dumped it out, he was back. Mm-hmm. And he said, not just him. He said, I had more bucks on camera <laughs> last night than I had all summer. Yeah. 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 And then he called me. Uh, so it was actually two days ago was the first time he called me. He said, I'm going to go back and put out another 25 pounds. And then he called me the next day. He said he was back again. He said, I think I'm going to go buy 50 pounds. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put 50 pounds out to try to get me through the weekend. Buy it all. Buy it all. It's so cool, um, too. Like, And if somebody is like, I want to try this, you know, yeah, we have it on our website. You can go purchase it. But <laughs> shipping is is a tough thing. Yeah, and we know it weighs that. a lot, right? Right. Yeah. But – what every person needs to know is like, go tell your local archery shop, go tell your yeah, local yeah. gun shop, your local, whatever is there. Tell them like, Hey, I want to carry buck bourbon. That's the best way for buck bourbon to get to you. Yep. You yep. know, because it's inevitable, you know, once yep. four people buy oh, and realize yeah, and that keep... the tractor supply has them, like mm-hmm. they're going to be out for a little period yes. of time. And if you go there, you're not going to see it. So yeah. the more places that buck bourbon's at, the better it's going to be for yeah, yep. the hunters because it needs to be there when you need it, yep. you know? And so we want to service those retailers too, all yeah, absolutely. of them, absolutely. you know, and, so that it's the best for the hunter. And, you know, Tractor Supply is probably one of our biggest chains that has the widest distribution channel for Buck Bourbon. Mm-hmm. And even though we're in all those stores, you know, we still get a lot of complaints about, hey, I, I went to Tractor Supply and they were out. Yeah. And, and I went a week later, they were still out. And I went right. two weeks later, they were still out. So if you're experiencing that, whatever state you're in, please – email us let us know because yeah. we can we can talk with tractor supply and we can up the amount that's sent to that store right, right. and it you can even do special order amounts at that store you know if you know you're right. going to be buying yeah. a lot of buck bourbon this year just go ahead and say hey i need 20 bags right they will they'll send it to the store right. probably have it there within a week they so, want that too yeah i mean tractor supply wants want that so so don't be afraid to talk to the managers right. at the stores and, mm-hmm. and request that because they can do that because mm-hmm. once so, you use it once yeah yeah, oh, yeah. You get hooked on it. The deer get hooked on it. Yeah. So it's, it's cool stuff. So, and then you talked about, you know, our buck bourbon swag, like we've got a lot of cool options there mm-hmm. to, to rep it if you use it. And, you know, from a, the drunken buck tea is my favorite, yeah. you know, Absolutely. it's just a cool look. It's, it's fun. And, but then there's a lot of other options too, from hoodies, hats, t-shirts, it's a sweet logo and it's sweet. Like the designs on the shirt, right? Yep. They fit the brand. Yeah, you do. The brand's sweet. Yep. Yep. So you can find, you know, and learn about all of the products that we talked about at buckbourbon.com. You know, follow us on social media. We're going to be posting a lot of content from this week because we're here and everybody uses Buck Bourbon that goes out. So there's going to be a lot of big deer shot over it. So it's going to be good. Well, let's talk uh, just some of the uh, the established products too. Like we talked on the new products. Let's just hit on on 110, all the the feeds, like all that stuff just real quick for everybody. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with... Let's just start with our flagship product, yeah. 100 Henry. You know, that was the very first product we designed here. eight or nine years ago here where we're at right now. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, about 100 yards from where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a product that we designed and, and manufactured out of all the byproducts from the distillery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, I can't get into the proprietary parts of it, but 
we did hit a home run with it and you know it was a product that we built not wanting to sell it yeah, yeah. because i built it just for the outfitting business mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm not a business guy I tell everybody at the time i'm not a business guy i'm not i didn't create this to try to sell it to all these stores you know i just i would try to give myself an edge like every deer hunter out there like you said you know hey when you find something that works it's a secret for a while yep <laughs> and you know it was a secret for a while here at salt river outfitters and we started killing 180s 190s over it and then that secret got out and all of our neighbors were like hey you know can can you make me some of that feed like well yeah, I guess I can, you know. So then next thing you know, two years later, I'm spending as much time in this tobacco barn out here mixing our feed. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't even have a name at that point, mm-hmm. really. I mean, mm-hmm. so once it got to the point where we spent more time mixing feed than we did outfitting, I was like, okay, maybe we should look at creating something to sell, a yep. name, you know. And so we come up with a Buck Bourbon name, the brand, you know, we did the logo. And it just, from there, it just exploded and, and took off. And the first store we ever landed was Tractor Supply, and, mm-hmm. and the buyer looked at me and he said, "Look, he said you've got a great product." He said, "But if you ever want to succeed and possibly get in more retailers, he said you're going to have to develop a brand, and that brand's going to have to have several products mm-hmm. because big retailers, unfortunately, they don't. You can have the best product in the world, but you if you only have one product, they almost won't talk to you. Yeah, because they want a family of products. Yeah, you know and." So then that's when I had to go back to the drawing board and I was like, okay, I need a mineral. So that's when I think the mineral was the next product we come out with. And, but I wanted to stick to that, that same, the brand first off, but also products that are unique. And, you know, with minerals, there's only so much you can do with a mineral. Everybody has a mineral Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to claim their minerals better than, Mm -hmm. than this mineral. But I was like, I just want it to be different. So I looked on the market and, and I come up with an idea of doing, Staying with the bourbon theme, I wanted to do buck bourbon on the rocks. And obviously minerals, you know, rocks, and then the drinking part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. on the rocks as well. Mm -hmm. So what we did there is we took the pink sea salt in chunks, you know, and we put that in with a granular mineral. So that's a very unique mineral. We're the only mineral on the market doing that. Mm -hmm. It looks different than anything else. But the reason why we did it is because the pink sea salt deer absolutely love. They Mm -hmm. wear it out. But it only has trace minerals in it. Like, it's not all the minerals the deer need. Yep. So, we're using the attractiveness of that pink sea salt to get the deer to come in and eat the granular minerals that they need. It's like tricking a kid into eating vitamins Mm -hmm. or tricking your dog into eating a peel and put it in peanut butter or a hot dog, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're tricking that deer into getting the good stuff. So, he's coming to eat the pink sea salt, then he's getting the rest of the good stuff that we mix with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next product after that would have been the barrel proof, which is honestly my favorite. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like it because it has so many good things the deer need. Um, you know, it's got the it's 16% protein. A lot of people think that that is low when you, when you start talking about proteins, but deer do not like the taste of protein. Mm-hmm. And we've done a bunch of research, a bunch of tests, and all these tests and all this research is done on free-ranging deer. You know, we're not doing farm deer. This yep. is We go into the wild, and we want to know what the deer are eating. Uh, so we've watched, we, we tried 18% protein, we tried 20% protein, and if you get much over 16, you can literally watch the amount of protein they, they eat get cut in half, you know, because they don't like the taste of it. And, and honestly, a deer can only process about 18% protein anyway, mm-hmm. so anything over that is wasted. They're going to pass it right through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we decided to go with a 16% protein level, uh, but then we've added some commodities to that to trick them once again we're tricking them into eating that protein because protein does not taste good so we've mixed a few other commodities with that that they love the way it tastes so they're eating that and they're they're getting the protein while they're eating the good stuff Mm -hmm. or take the stuff that tastes good to them Mm -hmm. 
uh, and we added a product in there. Uh, we have to be kind of uh, careful about the claims we make yeah, because yeah. this has not been proven in the deer industry, but it has been proven in the cattle industry. And let's face it, deer aren't much different than cattle. You know, they're living in the fields. They're dealing with the insects mm-hmm. and the heat and everything else, the stress. So we added cinnamon and garlic oils to this because of the research that we found in cattle. And the reason why we did that is because it cuts down on 18% of the methane gas buildup in their stomachs, which increases their appetite. If you're increasing their appetite, you're going to make them bigger, healthier bodied animals. And that's also going to translate into bigger antlers. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I'm most excited about putting the cinnamon and garlic oils in there, once again, this is proven in the cattle industry. It reduces the amount of insects by 54% in the summer months. Which is insane. Which is insane. Yeah. Because, you know, deer do, deer lose 30% of their maximum potential through summer months because of stress from biting flies. You know, uh-huh. deer flies, ticks, just everything in the world is biting yeah. them. I mean, you go watch your deer in the summer, you know, because we all do a lot of scouting in the summer months. How many times the deer just get up middle of the day, 2 o'clock, hottest part of the day, they're up and moving around yep. because the flies are bugging the mm-hmm. shit out of them. And you can look at them, they're constantly flickering their ears, you know, shaking their skin, yeah. you know, flickering their tail. The twitch thing. That's stress. That's creating stress on that animal. Yeah, and yeah. so if you can reduce the amount of stress, you're going to make it, a, once again, you're going to make it a bigger, healthier animal. Whether it's your does, whether yep. it's your bucks, they're yep. going to be bigger and healthier. Yep. But the thing, still, there's another thing even more that we hope to, to eventually prove is that you could possibly reduce the amount of EHD outbreaks you have. Because everybody knows EHD is caused by the Mitch flies. If mm-hmm. you can keep those flies off from that deer's face, you could potentially help create, you know, I'm not going to say a cure because yeah. it can't really be cured, but you're going to help your deer herd fight the, yeah. the possibility of contracting. Yep. 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 And once again, we can't prove that because, you know, it's not been proven in the deer industry, but it has been proven in the cattle industry to reduce those insects. Yep. So that's why we put cinnamon and garlic oils in anything we can. It's in our mineral it's, on the yep, rocks, you know, it's in rocks. on the rocks as well. Yep. And we put it in our mineral because the time of year when the deer are really hammering that is the time of year that they're usually going to contract EHD. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're they're going to be around a water source because it's hot months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those water sources is where they're going to get EHD. You know, those, those midge flies are going to hatch in that muddy bank. And so we put the mineral around water sources. That's another thing we need to touch on. I like mm-hmm. to put mineral around a water source. Okay. Because the deer don't travel far in the summer months. They're going to be close to water. Right there. So you got to have mineral here. You got to have water there. And... That's one of the reasons why we do that as far as putting the mineral by the water. And we talked about the blocks a little bit earlier yeah. at, you know, same cin- cin- cinnamon and garlic oils yeah. in that barrel proof block. So, yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, if they're biting it, they're rubbing their nose on it, which is yeah, helping it's, it's, it's that. Helping. Yeah. yeah. So then we've got liquids. Liquids. Yeah. So one of the main selling products in every store is a liquid. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people like the liquid for a corn topper or... They'll take it and put it on a stump, and, you know, the deer eats a stump. We, there's really no wrong way to use the liquids. Uh-huh. And that's the thing. Everybody's like, well, how do you use your liquid? I'm like, man, there's really no wrong way. Use it however you want and and have fun with it. Go, right. out, yeah. go out and put it on your feed. Go out and put it on your mineral. Go out and put it on your block. Put it on your stump and just see what's your favorite way of using it. You right. know? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what my favorite way of using it is. It's what the deer like what the most. the deer want. So if the deer really like it on the feed, dump it on the feed. If they really like it on the ground, dump it on the ground. Mm-hmm. And and you know you can dump it on just vegetation, and they'll eat the browse. Right? So you said the vegetation one that uh, I've tried before. So you got a food plot, 
put it on part of the food plot and watch what happens over the course oh, yeah. of two days. Hmm. I mean, it turns it's a lush fun. food plot into a dust bowl yeah. in no time at <laughs> yeah. all, right? Like, yeah. just like I wanted to see how, how it worked. Yeah. And I mean, they ate everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but we, we have a uh, candy apple teeny, which is our liquid mineral. And yes, it's a liquid mineral, but we have a lot of people using it as a corn topper. We have mm-hmm. a lot of people using it as a block topper. And we like to use it as, uh, and this is a little bit of marketing, you know, ploy, but also it, it works really good. And it actually, it, there's a reason why we do it. Uh, we tore, we pour the candy apple teeny over top of our on the rocks. So you have candy apple teeny on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And yes, that that goes towards the marketing point of it. But what that really helps do is it helps those minerals leach into the ground. Mm-hmm. And the deer, it's more natural for the deer to eat the minerals out of the dirt yeah. than it is to just eat a pile of mineral. Because, yeah. let's face it, in the wild, a pile of mineral just doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. not unless a hunter puts it there. Yep. yep. So the deer are used to just pawing at the ground and getting the minerals out of the dirt. So that's why we use the candy apple teeny and pour it over on the rocks is just to help that leach in the ground, make it a little bit more natural for the deer. Right. Uh, but we also have our old fashioned, which is a fortified molasses. Uh, and this is mainly used as a block topper or a feed topper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're finding out is we sell a lot of that to, to cattle farmers and, and hobby farmers because everybody loves molasses. And, and a lot of people, they use it as a treat for their, their goats or their, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. their, their hot, the little hobby farms or whatever. We've had people buy 10 to 20 jugs online. And like, we had a guy one time, he called me actually, he said, Hey, is this safe to use for cattle? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. yeah it's safe to use for cattle he said okay and then next thing i know he bought 20 jugs online <laughs> and i think he spent 200 dollars to ship it but, yeah but i mean he couldn't find molasses at his local feed store they were sold out he couldn't find right. it and just needed it he just needed yep. it so you know we're finding that that product is being used a lot more for for more stuff than just deer mm-hmm. which you know it's kind of cool yeah uh then we have a apple butterscotch liquid that we created for tractor supply which is selling like crazy and we're getting a lot of good feedback on it it is mainly used as a block topper and a feed mm-hmm. topper okay you can dump it straight on the ground as well yeah you know it's got a lot of sugars in it and a great smell that the deer love and they can smell it from a long ways off so it's a, it's a really good attractant it just anything you can put out there that has a strong odor that the deer can smell further away you're going to bring in deer that you possibly wouldn't normally see yep, yep. and and that's why 110 works so good Mm-hmm. It's because when you open that bag of one ten, it smells amazing. Like I mean, yeah. it smells good enough to eat. Like you like, want to uh, take a yeah. you want to take yeah. a handful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and that's what every, we get emails and messages every day. They're like, "Oh my god, this smells so good. I hope it works as good as it smells." And I'm like, "Well, call me back in two days and let me know what yeah, you yeah, think." Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. then they're like, "Holy crap, it worked!" So, it, it it's just that odor. You know, that odor than the one ten, the odor in the apple butterscotch. That is stuff that that just brings the deer in from a long ways off. Mm-hmm. Yep, we talked about. I think we talked about everything that's from a, from a feed perspective. I mean, we talked about knives. Um, There's one thing that I want to talk about still, and that's the blinds. Cause I, I love yep, the blinds. Yeah, like yeah. I, I love them. I love everything about it. Like mm-hmm. just, just touch yeah. on that, George. Cause I mean, you can tell you've been hunting your whole life and everything that you did for, for the blind, right? Like it, yeah. as a hunter, it's perfect for a hunter. Yeah. And, and just like you said, you know, I, I've hunted my whole life and I've hunted in every blind made, I think mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of manufacturers out there that have good blinds, but there's just little features that should be changed here or there that yep. would make that blind so much better. And that's what I did. You know, I've, I've hunted in all these blinds, and I was like, man, I really wish this window would do that, yep. or this window would do that, or yep. the door would do this. So when we sat down and started designing the blind, I wanted a blind that had as many 
uh, features as possible that was, you know, hunter friendly. And what I mean by that is, for instance, let's say um, you're a shorter person. Yep. And you get in a ground blind and only the top window moves. Yeah. Well, if you're a shorter person sitting in a chair and like you're you're constantly on the edge of your seat trying to see over that, that bottom window. Yep. Well, vice versa. What if you're a taller person and only the bottom window moves? Yep. Well, you're constantly bending over and you know your your back's gonna hurt, your neck's gonna hurt by yep. the end of the night from looking out that window. So we made both windows adjustable, the bottom window and the top window. So I mean it has a a wide range of movement for these windows. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing we wanted to do is make sure that blind was silent as possible. Cause I hate zippers and I hate velcro. Yeah. They should never ever be put on anything in the hunting industry. And anybody that's so. listening knows the like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna step out yeah. the back, right? And you're great. You go, you go yeah. to this whole zipper, and you're like, oh man. Yeah. And you try the slow approach. Yeah. And then you do the fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good sound effect. And, and, and you, like, you, yeah, then you try to not open as much yeah. as you could, and you end up making more noise oh, trying to get out. Catch your foot, you know, you're falling. Yep. Listen, we've all been there. We've so, all been there. so those windows we put them on sliders, um, and there has to be the quietest window on the market. And so we have two blinds. We have a 150, and we have a 300 one-way mesh. Uh, the one-way mesh. What we did is we put the one-way mesh on 270 degrees, but only on the top half of the. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, it was a waste of fabric, and honestly, it was a waste of money to the consumer for them to buy a blind that the one-way mesh goes all the way to the ground because you don't need to see what's three foot in front of the yeah. mm-hmm. So um, we, we did that uh, just to help the consumer have a better buy. So uh-huh. they do get the one-way mesh, but they're not paying for the one-way mesh they're never yep. going to use. Yep. Uh, another thing we put on the windows uh, is we did a black curtain on all the windows that have one-way mesh. The black curtain is also on the sliders, so uh-huh. it's silent. And the reason why we did that is because if you've never hunted out of a one-way mesh blind, they are awesome, but there is one problem. If the deer or the turkey or whatever you're hunting is on one side of the blind, mm-hmm. the sun is on the other side of the blind, and you move, they can catch, they can silhouette your movement. They don't know what it is, but they can see that movement. If, if you're in the shadows, they can't see it all. Yeah. They see out, they can't see in. It's yep. great. But look, every situation is not perfect. Yep. It's hunting. Yep. Very seldom is this situation ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So. We put those black curtains on sliders, so if you are caught in a situation where deer's coming out from someplace you didn't expect it, or yep. a turkey's coming out, you can turn around and real silently move that black curtain up behind you yeah. before they get in close, and you can move around in there and do jumping jacks. They can't see yeah. it as long as you got that black curtain up. Yep. So we did that just because I've hunted in one-way mesh blinds, and I've been silhouetted before, so I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So we put those silent black curtains on sliders, um, and then we got the door. The door, the door is a spring-loaded door. We call it our saloon-style door. And the reason why we did that is because it's it's very silent. Yep. But let's face it, I'm not like the skinniest guy in the world, so it's hard for I me mean, to get in and out. I mean, it takes a lot to admit it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, it's hard for me to get in and out of these doors when they're flopping in the wind, and you unzip them and you Velcro and all this noisy stuff. So I wanted a quiet door that was easy to get in and out of. So it's a spring steel door that you can literally, it's got one little clip. Undo the clip, take a finger, and just hit the door, and it swings open. Uh-huh. And it stays out of your way, and you can climb in and out. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a backpack. You know, that's another thing. Every time I, I get in a blind, I've got a backpack, and it always hangs on that damn blind trying to get in or out. Yep. With this door, it, the frame on it, it's you know, completely out of your way. Mm-hmm. And it's very silent. You know, there's no zipper. There's no Velcro. There's no magnets. You know, magnets wear out. Velcro wears out. It's super noisy, and... Every blind I've ever had with a zipper on it, about three times into using it, the zipper breaks. Yep. So, that, you know, you, you you can only zip the door halfway up, halfway down, or whatever, and uh-huh. another issue. 
So we wanted that door to be as functional as possible, and I think it is. Uh, and then another thing, you know, very simple that we did, every blind I've ever used, on the door side, there's always a little bitty window. Yep. And that little bitty window is so high up on the blind uh-huh. that you can't use it for anything. Like, you have to turn around, get out of your chair, and kind of get up on your toes and, and pull the little little window down and try to look behind you. Yep. Well, if there is an animal behind you, you sure as hell can't shoot out that window. So we moved that window down six inches, and I think we tripled the size of the window. So we made it big enough to where you can, you know, pull it down, and it's on sliders also, by the okay. way. So you can slide that down and shoot out the back of the blind if a turkey sneaks up behind you or something. Uh-huh. So it's a functional window. All the windows in the past, every blind I was in, I was like, why? Is, I mean, yeah, you yeah. can look out the window and see, but you can't do anything if there is something behind mm-hmm. So we made sure that if something sneaks up behind you, you can shoot out the back of it as well. Yeah. Um, I believe that's pretty much yeah, all the features on the blind. I think we covered mm-hmm. that. I mean, the basics, they've got, you know, you know, Molly type straps around yeah, them so you can brush them in, yeah. you know, they're hub style blinds. Mm-hmm. So they're easy to set up, easy to take down, easy to pack yeah. in. Um, yeah. I mean, everything comes with them that you need. Ozonics pouch. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah Ozonics yeah. on top of the blind. It's got yep. a little, little webbing in there. You can just tuck your Ozonics in. So right in the top. Yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't have to have the, the clamp system for the Ozonics. You can literally just put yep. the unit in that, right. that mesh pouch and, yeah. and it works fine right. so yeah that's everything on the blinds for sure i'm a big i, I love the blinds i'm a big yeah. big believer in the blinds for well it's just yeah. a good deal too yeah we're, we were able to work straight with the manufacturer and where we eliminated half of that one-way mesh i mean that that dropped the price of those blinds like 50 bucks which is crazy mm-hmm. you know but it's still a great blind yeah, yeah. i tell everybody and i may be a little biased let's face it but <laughs> I think there's truth to it. I think we have the best blind on the market for under 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. The most feature rich. The most feature yeah. rich. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you know, there's other products that we've got, you know, we've got coffee, we've got seasoning, yeah. you know, and, and that all just goes to what we want people to interact with our brand and be a part of, right? We want mm-hmm. them to wear the swag. We want them to use the product. You know, we want them to hunt out of a blind, have success. Then they've yeah. shot a deer and they, you know, they have all the products to process it, you yeah. know, and it's just a, a it's a lifestyle. It's a, it is a and, lifestyle brand. You know, that's what we yeah. want it to do. So, yeah. And I think, you know, if somebody hears this and there's a product out there that they're like, man, it'd be cool if you guys had this. Yeah. Like, I'd buy it. We, you know, we want to know. Yeah. Right. So. Well, we're trying to create a fan base, honestly. That, that's what I want. I, I want a, a loyal following that they know. We are doing our best to put out the best products possible mm-hmm. for the hunter. And, and what I mean by, I mean, there, look, let's face it. There's people that when they die, they're going to be buried in a mossy oak casket. Yeah. Or a real tree casket. You yeah. know, they are, they'll fight you to the death over yeah. my camouflage is better than your camouflage. Yep. And, or my broadhead is better than your broadhead. Yeah, my yeah, bow is yeah. better than your bow. And, and I mean, we want to be that fan. We want to have that fan base. It's like, man, Buck Bourbon's the best in the world. You know, they, they make the best products, whether yep. it's a feed or a, a ground blind or a knife or who knows what we may come out with next year, you know? Yeah. Any, any hints for next year? Uh, yeah, we can, we can probably touch. Oh, you don't got, one. you don't got to go in We're too much. You don't got to go too we much. We won't go too much, but. Just get a little hint. Well, it, it, it involves the feed. Okay. Maybe something you would put the feed in, maybe. Okay. okay. Some and sort of containment for yeah. feed. Okay. Yeah. And of course we would put our cool little touches on it and, and put features on it that are functional for the hunter. Uh-huh. Make so, it easier. Yeah, easier. Make it easier. And the cool part, like as everybody's been listening, it's it's products that hunters would use, but it's at 
like a great price point. Mm-hmm. Like all the products are at a great price point, right? Yeah. Like you look at a lot of products in the hunting industry, like, man, that's expensive and it doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly. This one's like it works and it's at a great mm-hmm. price point that you can keep coming back time and time again to use it because it really makes sense to yeah. use it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it. I'm glad you said that about talking about the price because growing up as a kid, I, I worked, I started working when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I wanted something for hunting, I went and bought it myself. Yep. And as a 12 to 16 year old kid working, making my own money, and I would go to wherever and I'd buy a product for hunting, and, it, and nine times out of 10, it turned out to be shit. Yeah. And I was pissed because yeah. I, I'd worked, I mean, as a kid, working my butt off. And I didn't have a lot of money, but I was buying what I wanted because I loved to hunt. Mm-hmm. And now when, when we design a product, and me and Jack talk about it all the time, you know, would we be happy with a 14-year-old kid spending his own money to buy something we make? Yep. And I don't, I'll never put anything out there that I wouldn't be happy with a 14-year-old kid buying with his own money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way we look at things when we design them. We're like, you know... Would, are we okay putting our, our name on this? Are we okay right. stamping this that we've we've created this? Mm-hmm. And that's the way we want to do our brand forever. You know, mm-hmm. if if we come out with a knife, look, I'm happy with somebody buying our knife kit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. if we come out with seed or, or our feed or some of the new products we may be coming out with, like I want to make sure that that kid, the 14 year old me, would be happy with buying mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and we know things happen too. You know, so like. We want to be the best customer service. Yeah. We want to be able to help you if the problem goes wrong. I mean, yeah. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's yep. going to happen. And we're going to take care of you and we're going to be there. We're going to help you walk through it. We're going to help you teach, yeah. teach you how to use it. If you need help with that, like something goes wrong, we're going to go through it with you. So if you have something that's wrong, just, you know, send us a message on Facebook, mm-hmm. send us we'll an email. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. So, well, before we hop off, so what's obviously opening weekend here, George, where, where, what else you got planned? This year? Uh, after we get through this week, I'll be heading. I actually have a Walmart meeting. And when I get done with Walmart meeting, I'm on a hunt in Missouri because it, it's like two days before the Missouri opening. Okay. So I'm going to swing through. I've got a great place. Good just, friend. Just to clarify, he's not hunting two days before the Missouri no, opening. Yes, his, yes, meeting, <laughs> his, his meeting is my two meeting, days. My meeting his is two meeting. days before George the George is going to get that early yeah. start two days before opening. <laughs> I like to get out there before everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I'm going to swing back through Missouri after the Walmart meeting and, and hunt there for a few days. And then from there, I pretty much go straight to Oklahoma. I'm going to hunt for the Oklahoma opener. And then get back, and I'm hoping to get to Ohio for their opener. Okay. And then later in the season, you know, I'll, I'll – so I did buy a commissioner tag this year here in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have two buck tags in Kentucky. Same here. Same, yeah. Same here. Yeah, I yeah, also yeah. have two I know, tags. I know. So I'll be hunting Kentucky off and on in between these hunts as well. And late season, I've got to get back down to Texas because I've got to kill an axis. Those animals have over, my number. Over at Wade's place again? Over at Wade's place, yeah. yes. They have got my number, and – I've hunted a lot of animals, and I've killed a lot of big deer. I'm very fortunate to hunt in a place that has a lot of big deer. Uh-huh. But I still say a free-range axis buck is the hardest animal I've ever hunted in my life with a bow. Yeah, yeah. Now, I could go down there with a gun, and I could kill one anytime I went. Yeah, yeah. But they, they're hunted year-round because they're, they're, they are an exotic. Mm-hmm. There's no season. There's no limit on them. And, you know, I go down there. I want to hunt them like I am a whitetail. You know, I want to be in a tree stand. I want to have a bow, and I want to do it in daylight. You yeah. Know, because you, you can actually kill access at night. There's there's no law. On God that. loves Texas. Yeah. So there's <laughs> no law down there on how you kill them. But I'm like, I want to do it like I'm whitetail hunting. And they they have this knack of knowing. And I, you can the wind can be perfect. 
You can be still as you could be quiet as can be, but they get to that fifty yard mark uh-huh. and they know. I've not, like I don't know how they know, but they do. And they're so jumpy. I mean, yeah, I can shoot my bow at fifty, but I would never shoot it in a, a deer. Period. Yeah, I sure as hell wouldn't shoot it in an axis because they they can turn inside out quicker than any male animal I've ever seen. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna get back down there. This is like a this. I think this would be my fifth trip with a bow, mm-hmm. and I haven't killed one yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I ha- my success rate on killing a Boone and Crockett deer with my bow is ten times higher than, <laughs> than killing an, uh, just an axis with a uh-huh. bow. <laughs> And, and and I am, you know, I do want to kill a trophy axis. I, I could go down there and probably shoot a little axis on my bow fairly easily, but I don't want, I, I, yeah, want, it to be, want, I want it to be a trophy, yep. you know, yep. and not just because of the size of the rack. I want it to be a mature, that's what I mean. Yep. I, you know, an eight and a half year old axis that is this smart, man. They're so much smarter than a whitetail. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't even explain that to people until you go try it. Just but that. yeah, this is like a five year quest for me now with my bow. Well, hopefully it ends at five and not ten. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I don't. I don't think my sanity can handle another five years of that. So. And Jack, Nebraska. What What do you got going this year? Um, man, I'll be hunting just around Nebraska most of the time. But you know, just with busy with work and different mm-hmm. things, that's what's tough. But you know, mule. I love mule deer. I yep. love spotting stock mule deer. So probably be out with my bow, and then my dad's coming out for muzzleloader season. Okay. Um, which I think in Nebraska is one of the best seasons, but they've reduced tags. So now you can't buy them over the counter mm-hmm. if, as a non-resident. So did that start this year? Or did this year. This year. It started? This year. Okay. They, they had a quota on how many muzzleloader non-resident tags they could get. I, I, my dad was waiting there, ready. He's just ready to get oh, it. Oh, yeah. He got it. So wait, there was no draw. It was just you go. No go, draw. Just go to the number. Dude, and as soon as you hit the number, you're Go to the done. website. Okay. And once they hit a thousand, no more tags. Wow. Okay. Right. So it's yeah, yeah. one of those thousand, you know, so. Uh, he's coming out to do that, so I'm hoping to get him a good, good okay. mule deer with a muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll bow hunt, I'll muzzleloader hunt for sure. My wife's got a rifle tag, so I'll try to get spend her a little bit too. of time there yeah. too. Yeah, and, and always waterfall hunting out there. Oh yeah, man, waterfowl and upwind. Yeah, I love it out there. Yep, Nebraska's a great spot. I yep. like Nebraska. I, I don't guess our lizard hunt's going to go through this year, huh? No lizard. We didn't get it on the it, on the books. No, no lizard. Yeah, hunt George year. really wants that lizard hunt down in Florida, and it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah I mean, go down there now. It's a little wet. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> a little wet. Yeah. The iguanas may be uh, <laughs> gone. Swimming. They may, they may swimming. 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 Yep. Well, perfect. Cool. Thank you guys for the time today. Yeah. It's a, obviously, opening day here, so it's a busy and hectic day. Thanks for carving out an hour. We're going to go fling some arrows here. Make sure the bow's yep. all set for this afternoon. Yeah. Perfect. You better. You're going to be tested this afternoon. Listen, it's not the bow. I'm going to tell you, it's not the bow. It's me. Okay. It's not the bow. It's well, me. An- answer this for me. If they come out together, which one are you shooting first? Because you don't know this, but Mark's got two giants. Yeah. So, so if, they co- if they come out together, like they're, I'd never even thought about that scenario, right? Like I always <laughs> thought, like, and I, and I told myself, I'm like, whichever one comes out first, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'd be like, I, I wish could, I was filming I could, Mark. I That's could never sit be. there if the 10 comes out. You got to shoot. Him. I got to shoot. Yeah, you can't, can't pass can't, either can't one. Pass them up, right? Yeah, ideal scenario: twelve comes out. I don't know about six fifteen, right? It's yeah. early <laughs> enough. To, I mean, I've thought about this. About six fifteen, this one gets a little hungry. He strolls out. I make a good shot, right? You see him. All right, we're gonna sit there, and then the other one comes out. I don't know about eight eight fifteen too. Just yeah. a lot of light still going on. Shoot that one. All of a sudden, I mean, it's a great night. Yeah. You wouldn't see yeah. me on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but <laughs> it, but if they come out together, twelve. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. 
Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's, he's a unique deer for sure. Yeah. He's, he's got, a once he's, in a he's got such a story behind him yeah. too. Yeah. And, and you know, never yeah. thought, never thought about it. Listen, driving <laughs> down here for seven and a half hours, you got lots of times to go over scenarios, right? I never yeah. thought of the scenario of them actually strolling out together. Together. Yeah. yeah. That's a terrible scenario, actually. I mean, it's not terrible. I, I mean, that'd be I, great. I mean, I could you live shoot with, one I of could, them no matter what. I could, right? I could live yeah. with it. I mean, the, again, the ideal scenario is the 12 throws out about 6, 6, 15. But we'll see. Mm. It's going to be a fun night no matter what. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to be, I mean, where I'm going to park, I keep going in my head. It's not that long a walk, but at 94 degrees, I'm going to be sweating buckets <laughs> by the time I get to the tree. So. Well, 94, but it's only going to feel like 104. Oh. Well, oh. Well, that's that's good. The real feel. <laughs> the real feel. Yeah. One up. Yeah, I'll be sunburned by the time I get there. But All right. Oh. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.